Brands on Brands. Hey, this is Kate Erickson from Entrepreneurs on Fire. And if you want to build a brand that matters, you should be listening to Brands on Brands with my good friend, Brandon Berkmeyer. In a world where content is king and your reputation is your brand, how do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands, a home for those that think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here is your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey, 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 what's up? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands. I'm Brandon Berkmeyer, your personal branding coach, and I believe that building a brand that matters today is the only way to thrive tomorrow. Appreciate you guys being here. It's season four. It's another interview episode today with Kate Erickson from Entrepreneurs on Fire and Bitch Busy, the podcast, and we'll get into her background a little bit. But before that, if you are new to the show, or if you are looking for a blog for what today's episode was about, you want to dive into the content, just go to the website, brandsonbrands.com and forward slash the episode number, type in the episode number, and you can go to our blog directly there. Also, if you would like to know how to convert one hour into one month of content for all you podcasters and content creators out there, I've created a step-by-step guide just for you, all about repurposing content. Download it now on my free resources page at brandsonbrands.com forward slash resources. All right, let's get into the introduction here. I'm excited. Kate Erickson is the host of the podcast Ditch Busy and co-author of the podcast journal, which is uh, ideas on how to launch in 50 days. Her goal is to help entrepreneurs ditch busy and achieve financial and lifestyle freedom. We dive into that deeply in the episode and talk about what that means to us and to her. And she's also the engine at Entrepreneurs on Fire, an award-winning podcast where John Lee Dumas interviews inspiring entrepreneurs who are truly on fire. And if you guys haven't checked that out, it's a number, it's usually a number one or top one or two or three uh, podcast on iTunes or Apple podcasts for entrepreneurship. And it has been for a long time running um, so check that out. And she's the, the engine behind that. What she means by that is, you know, all the things behind the scenes it takes to get that done. And you can, you'll learn from today. She's a systems whiz, a master of productivity and more. Uh, and the reason for that is her passion is helping entrepreneurs create freedom in their business and life by developing these systems and processes that can help businesses scale and grow. I'm sure you guys have felt that, that if you are not efficient in your business, you hit a wall, you hit a ceiling, and that's because you don't have the time you need to grow to the next level. Uh, Just some history on Kate. She joined uh, the team from Entrepreneurs on Fire in April of 2013 as a content creator. And since then, she's grown to be the overall uh, engine of things over there. Uh, And her first entrepreneurial leap was to start a copywriting agency called Kate's Copy. And then in late 2012, as Entrepreneurs on Fire continued to grow post-launch, John came to ask Kate what she thought about teaming up for the show. Fast forward, and now she's you know grateful to be John's partner at Entrepreneurs on Fire and to be serving each and every member of the Fire Nation. And in terms of her show, 
Ditch Busy, which is her second. She used to have one called Kate's Take, and that's still on, on Apple Podcasts if you want to check it out. But Ditch Busy, if you can check it out, I have listened to it. Lots of fire there in terms of productivity. It's all about helping you take back control of your time, not just in your business, but also in your life. It's her way of saying, let's take that overwhelm and make it a thing of the past. The podcast will be, is inspiring, encouraging, and it teaches you how to start embracing time management in a way that makes you feel free. Uh, definitely resonates with me. We dive into that and more, how you can use your time as a personal brand, as an entrepreneur, make better use of your day, get rid of the things in your life that are slowing you down and free up that time. So not, not that you can just add more work to it, but also so you can pour into it the things that are valuable to you, that are high on your priority list, that bring meaning to your life. A lot going on today, but Appreciate you guys listening, and I know you're going to get value out of this show, so check it out. Brands on Brands. All right, let's get going. I'm excited to welcome our guest today, Kate Erickson, to the show. First and foremost, Kate, thank you so much for being here. I'm super excited to be here, Brandon. Thanks so much for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the reason I'm excited is we get to talk about something that every personal brand entrepreneur out there can relate to, which is productivity. Now, at first, that's not the sexiest topic, I'll admit that, but it's definitely a game changer. But I'd like to hear from you. You can help us set the stage here. Why is something like productivity so important for us? Okay. Well, I think productivity is super sexy. <laughs> <laughs> That's my jam, but I can totally understand where coming at it from like a lot of the stuff I end up talking about systems, time management, productivity, focus, discipline, they're kind of like the want want <laughs> of like the entrepreneur game. But productivity is so critical because when we have a goal, when we have a vision, when we have a mission, like it's so clear to us, right? And then many entrepreneurs, because we're so excited about that vision, we're so excited about that mission, we're building our brand, we're doing, we're being creative, like doing all the things that entrepreneurs are known for. The problem is that oftentimes we get caught up working in the business or in the brand versus on it. And that can result in the actions that you're taking every single day, not actually being in alignment with that vision and that mission. So what I like to think of productivity as is working on the right things. And oftentimes, unfortunately, we end up in the weeds. We're busy. We're doing a lot. And so usually that makes us feel good because we're like, oh, man, I worked for like, you know, 12 hours today and we want to brag about it. When in reality, you could probably be accomplishing more in like four hours if you were focusing on the right things. And to me, that's productivity. That's like getting the right things done that are in alignment with your vision and your mission. They're actually moving you forward to where you want to go. Yeah, well, maybe we can get like specific, like what are some like right things? And maybe it's different for everybody, but what would you classify as right things versus, you know, the in the business things? Yeah, absolutely. So it's definitely going to be different for everyone. You know, everyone's brand and business and uh, podcast and YouTube channel and like whatever they have set up is going to be different. But I think the most critical thing to think about and be tracking when you're wondering like, okay, am I working on the right things? It's like, you need to have a measurement. You need to understand that the actions you're taking are actually bringing results. So if you think about it from an ROI perspective, return on investment, 
and you think of the investment as your time, usually people talk about ROI in terms of like, okay, I spent this much money. How much did I get back? Like we need to be thinking about that as the investment being our time too. Okay. I spent this much time on this activity. What did I get? And you need to start having some type of measurement. Like we talk about smart goals a lot, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time bound. And that measurement's so important because that measurement is what tells you that you are working on the right things. And it alerts you when you're working on the wrong things because you don't see results from it. So let me give you just a random example of this. Like I have received so many Clubhouse invites. Like everyone wants to be on Clubhouse right now, right? I think it sounds like an incredible platform. Super awesome. I like social media. I love Instagram. I, I'm on Facebook for groups. Um, we've got Twitter. You know, the platforms are endless, right? When I think about the time that I invest in social media, I need to look at what the highest ROI for me is. And when I relate that to my business and my business goals and where I want my business to go, my highest ROI is on Facebook. Why? Because I'm on Facebook to moderate and be an engaged, active member in groups. Those groups, I can attribute actual revenue in my business and lifelong, like literally lifelong relationships that I've created from those groups. So to me, if I'm going to join Clubhouse and be on Instagram and be on Facebook and be on Twitter and like, you know, all these other platforms, there's probably so many I don't even know about. If I'm really trying to be on all those platforms, honestly, like my measurement is sinking. My Facebook's high. My Instagram, I have great engagement there and I make great relationships on Instagram. I only have so much time. So I can't just keep adding, 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 expecting like that measurement to continue going up. It's only going to start going down when I'm putting myself on platforms that many times is a distraction. So you just have to keep that measurement in mind. Like you can't be everywhere. You can't do everything. So be wise about the things that you are choosing to work on. Make sure that they're equaling some type of ROI. Yeah, I think it can be complicated. If you, if you have to think about how I chop up my day and you know everything feels important, obviously the things that are ROI generating, like a sales call or something like that, I could see is more important. But I think a lot of other things feel vague, like vaguely important. So you know whether it's me showing up on a you know another person's podcast or something that's PR related, or me you know maybe speaking on a virtual stage these days, versus you know sending emails out or something else, or creating a podcast episode of my own. All of these things feel important in their own right, but not knowing how to measure like how many hours a week am I spending on that? What you know what should I allocate and should that be flexible? Where do you start with some of that and figuring that out? So that's awesome. That That's like a, an excellent, like real life day to day. I've got all these things and I want to do all of them, but I want to be smart about how I'm allocating my time. So what I recommend is a, a super simple to do or task or exercise, and I call it taking inventory. So you just gave some great examples of things that you do on a weekly basis, and that's how you are spending your time. So taking inventory is just having a sheet of paper or online note-taking system and recording every single thing that you work on that you spend your time in on in a given week. So, you know, let's focus on your business. You could certainly do this in your life too. I have because the way I spend my time in, in my personal life is just as important to me as the way that I spend my time in my business life. But just for business purposes, 
you would uh, simply just take note of how you are spending your time each day. This is super valuable because at the end of the week, you are going to have a very real picture of what you are spending your time on. I can pretty much guarantee quite immediately you will be surprised at what you are doing because like, Brandon, you've had this happen to you before and I'm sure anyone tuning in has too. You get to an end of the day, you're like, dang, I did so much. Like that was so good. I'm feeling great. And then someone's like, oh, what'd you do? And you're like, huh? What did I do? I mean, like you did a lot of stuff and sure, some of it might've been very productive, but to actually recall that can sometimes be kind of difficult. So this inventory is not only giving you a super real picture of exactly how you're spending your time, but it's going to help you start to identify those repetitive activities that are important to you that you do want to do, like speaking on virtual stages, being a guest on other podcasts. And of course, like replying to emails, customer service, engaging with your audience, like all of that is super important stuff and things that you should be doing. But once you recognize how you're spreading it across your week, you can start to implement what I think is one of the most powerful creating tools in business, especially for content creation, which is batching. So like thinking about doing a podcast interview And then let's say you you have one podcast interview scheduled on Monday, and then you're recording a podcast episode for your podcast on Wednesday. And then you've got another podcast interview on Thursday morning, and then you're recording another podcast for your podcast on Friday afternoon. Like how that breaks up your day and forces you to context switch the amount of productive time that is wasted when you go from a task like recording a podcast episode to then trying to like creatively write or post on social media or work on design or any other thing, right? Whenever we switch from one task to another one that's not the same type of brain space, we lose time because our mind has to get into a different, you know, and we're organizing, like we're plugging in our microphone, we've got our earbuds, like we're making sure our applications are closed down because we're getting on Zoom and we know it's high bandwidth and like all these little things that we don't necessarily stop to think about like every single step that it takes, like that does take bandwidth from your mind and from your productivity and your focus and all of that. And it can be quite exhausting to switch from like recording a podcast episode to then writing a blog post to then going on social media. So this whole idea of batching is the idea that like, Brandon, your Monday becomes the only day of the week that you guest on other podcasts. And Tuesday becomes the only day of the week that you work on, you know, content for your site. And Wednesday and Thursday and So you could like theme days that way and say like, okay, Monday's like my podcast day, or you could time block on certain days of the week to say like Thursdays from 10 to two, like that's when I'm working on my podcast. I'm recording episodes and I'm recording at least like three or four of them back to back, um, which is going to require that you have a time block for however you prepare for your episodes, whether that be creating an outline doing guest research. Um, That's also going to require that you have a time block for making sure that you have interviews lined up, like where are your guests coming from? So there are these entire systems and batching processes that we can put together so that we can fit all of the most important things into our week. We're just doing it in a super efficient manner by batching and time blocking so that we can be more efficient. It's really what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I love that. And I, I think what, what I'm hearing on top of it is like, we have to take the time to review it, to go back and look at our, our weeks, as you're saying, and actually 
analyze ourselves and say, what are we spending our time on and then find ways to make it more efficient. I think that's amazing. I want to get into how you prioritize the things once you kind of understand what you're doing. But before that, I think what stood out to me a little bit was because I've heard the batching thing, right? I've heard group things together. You know, the time you lose when you're switching tasks is real. But like, let's get into it. Like if I am batching realistically and I'm, a, if I, and I'm, getting, I'm new at this, right? Not me specifically, but, I, but say I am new at this or I'm beginning this. In reality, I might be afraid or have some fear around the idea that I'm not that special. Like if someone that is a, a guest that I want on my show needs more flexibility in the time that, that they want to come on the show, I might just be like, well, just tell me when you're free. Or if there are things like recording and I'm not sure how to come up with five episodes at a time. These are things that I think can easily start to be like, well, that's a good idea, but not for me. So how do you overcome some of those objections? Have you heard some of these things before? Yes, absolutely. So we'll take the guest roadblock first. That can certainly be an exception, but it shouldn't be the rule. I think you would be amazed by the number of people that, Brandon, you reached out to me and asked if I would be on your podcast and I followed your scheduler link and I found a time on your scheduler. Like, was that the most convenient way for like me and my schedule? Honestly, no. But like, I wanted to come on your podcast. I wanted to connect. I wanted to do this. So I was happy to follow your format. So I think you'd be surprised by like, if you just approach it that way from the very beginning, then a lot of people are just going to be like, okay, this is the way that Brandon schedules his podcast. Like, cool. And again, There will certainly be exceptions. If you get somebody who's just like, sorry, I will be on your podcast if you can do it at this date, at this time, then if that guest is really someone that you want on your show, like, yeah, of course, you're going to be like, all right, I'll make that happen. (laughs) So the exception, not the rule. And then from a content perspective, so what I love doing is having a content idea bank. My podcast, as you know, is completely solo. I don't have guests on my show. So I'm constantly having to come up with episode topics. How do I do that? I do that by keeping Idea Bank, where in like my workflowy, I love workflowy. It's just a super simple um, online note taking system. I have a tab for ideas. And every time I get a time management uh, question, a productivity question, um, somebody reaches out and is like, whoa, the quote that you posted today really resonated with me. I subscribe to Google Alerts for productivity and time management. I'm active in Facebook on groups that where people are constantly talking about like their productivity tips and seeing, and I follow other time management and productivity experts in the space. So like, for example, I subscribe to James Clear's email, which is a fantastic, he calls it three, two, one. It's like three ideas, two quotes, and one question. Every week I see it without fail. At least one thing in his email is like, that would be awesome to talk about on my podcast. So every time I see that question on social media, an email in my inbox, somebody talking about productivity, a top post on entrepreneur.com talking about like time management tips, I'm constantly pulling ideas from these things. So when it comes time and my day is like, okay, Kate, today you're prepping four episodes. And I'm like, what the heck am I going to talk about in four episodes? I have my idea bank. So I never run out of ideas. Yeah. I love that. I appreciate the very specific examples too. Cause I think when we hear some of these ideas, you know, in passing, I think we challenge them in our minds and that it's a barrier for us to not do them. Like there's a lot of things we don't want to do. And, and, there's fear there too. I think self-analysis is scary. Like, I don't want to look at my week hour by hour and say, this is what I did today. 
and do that for weeks. I'm, I might be afraid of what I'm going to find, to be honest. Yeah. But what's going to get us past that fear? I think what's, uh, let's hear about what the advantages are. Is it just fear? Is it that stopping us? Is it something else? I do think there's a lot of fear involved in that. I guess like for familiarization purposes, like what got you here won't get you there. So like, cool if you're afraid to look at how you're actually spending your time, but not cool when you think about it in terms of like, if you don't change something, you're not going to get better at time management. You're not going to get better at podcasting. You're not going to get better at running your business, creating your brand, creating content. And like, I get it. I'm not trying to like diminish or make it sound like it's all super easy. This is mindset work that we need to be doing all the time. Like the imposter syndrome is so real. There's actually a whole thing on like fear of success too. I think some people are like afraid of judgment. Like what if my podcast does blow up? Then like my friends and family or people are going to think I'm a sellout or, you know, there's any number of things that we let get in our head. And that's just imposter syndrome and everybody experiences it. And again, it's constant work on like quieting that voice, proving to yourself that that's just like crazy talk, not crazy talk, but you know, a lot of the things that we fabricate, they're not actually real, but we will use the confirmation bias to go find things to support these ridiculous claims that like, you know, if we find out how we're spending our time and we improve it, like, how could that possibly be a bad thing? You don't need to be ashamed of what you find or get down on yourself for how you've been running or managing things for the past few months, you need to celebrate the fact that now you get to change it, that now you have the knowledge and the mindset and the wisdom and the um, discipline and the like passion to do better and to get better. Like that's what we should be focusing on. Yeah. And I'm smiling. So you, this is someone who's definitely making productivity sexy. Who's <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the, the passion behind you talking about being productive uh, stands out. And and I've listened to your show, the Ditch Busy Podcast. If you guys haven't had a chance to check out Ditch Busy, go to your your preferred podcast provider and check it out. But there was something that struck me when I when I was checking it out, and one of it is that you know you don't talk about it like this is a productivity podcast. You don't talk about it like that. You've reframed it and 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 what I've seen. And you speak to this idea of freedom, of basically giving yourself more freedom. And you call your audience freedom seekers. Explain that. Why why is it about freedom? So I've always been like very much into time management and productivity. Like even when I didn't know it, I'm always looking for efficiencies. I go to the grocery store and I'm like evaluating how their checkout lines are running and like how the baggers are bagging groceries. And like, it's just something that has kind of always been top of mind for me. I'm not sure where it came from. It's just how I always remember it. And they're sitting there saying, this lady's judging me for some yeah. reason. What's happened? <laughs> they're like, who's this check? <laughs> That's totally. Funny. I'm okay with that. <laughs> but when I came up with the idea to start Ditch Busy, I'm like, okay, this is critical for business, but I don't just want to be another business productivity podcast. Like, I want to bring in how productivity can create freedom in every area of your life because I didn't really feel like I was getting that from anywhere. And I've experienced that in such a huge way. I've remember working corporate America and being denied vacation time. Like, 
I remember going to grad school and working two full-time jobs and like being up until two in the morning and up at 6am. Like I remember these times when I felt like I didn't have the type of freedom that I wanted. And now I have every type of freedom that I want, like financially location independence. You know, I, see my family as much as I want. I live in the beautiful island of Puerto Rico. John and I are running this awesome business. And all of that is because of how we've been able to structure our time and how we've used our time to accomplish the things that mean the most to us. And so many people will like focus on productivity and time management, like in your business, but then what about in your personal life? What about that feeling of like, I experienced this personally, probably like 2015-ish. We were living in San Diego at the time, which is where my family is from. And I went through this period of time where every time I was working on the business, I felt bad that I wasn't spending time with my family. And every time I was with my family, I would feel bad that I wasn't working in the business. And I'm like, there's something wrong with this. I shouldn't have to feel bad when I am doing one thing. Like, how can I start to shift my mindset be 100% present with what I'm working on right now and allow that to benefit me in every area of my life. If you can start to get closer to that, to being 100% present for your work, 100% present for your family, 100% present for your personal care and like your own health and wellness, for your friends, whatever categories in life you dream up, if you can be 100% present in all of them, create boundaries and be disciplined about how you're spending your time in those areas, you can have all the freedoms that you want. So that's kind of why I thought it's great to talk about productivity and business, but it's not mutually exclusive. Like when you are productive in your business, this is what you get in your life. And when you really break it down, like why are we all busting our booties for like, this business and this brand and like building all this stuff. It's so that we have freedom to spend time with our family, to spend time with our friends, to travel, to do hobbies, like whatever it might be for you. Everyone's definition of freedom is different, but it's not separate. Like it's all together. So that's what I was trying to accomplish with the podcast is this idea that like freedom extends in every area of our lives. And that if you can nail it in one area, I'm very confident that you can put that in any area of your life and crush it. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that. Honestly, hearing your story like gave me chills multiple times because it's, I think there's a lot of us, including myself, that have been through that, that have been in that space where our time is just going towards things that we that would that we don't value that are low on our list. Uh, you know, I've I remember working when I had a you know my daughter was five months old. We moved back from New York to Los Angeles, and I remember like I got a job like the premier job, which was you know media director on Apple. And, you know, suddenly I'm working 12, 16 hour days and I have a five month old that I don't get to see anymore. And it crushed me, you know, and I, it's probably the one job that like towards the end of it, I'm like, that I remember crying at work being like this, I can't do this anymore. It's just, my values are in misalignment. Yes. So it speaks to me because it's not just about like freeing up your time. It's what do you feel that with at the end of it? A hundred percent. It just, it resonates. So I appreciate you sharing that story. Yeah. Wow. Feels all around. Big stuff. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's why I think it's why, you know, this this journey that people are on that are you're you start a personal brand, but really you're starting a business. You're starting on, you know, this journey of entrepreneurship for a lot of us. 
And I think the idea, the reason you do that is not to have another job and you only answer to yourself, but so that you can do these things and you fill your cup up with the things that you want. So don't just become efficient so that you can, you know, put more work on your plate, uh, but do it so that you can do the things that are high on your value list. I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, what I want to hear more about, because, you know, I think we got the feels out of the way, what I want, <laughs> what, I, what I appreciate that, what I want to hear about is this idea of like, when you are considering like, I'm trying to be productive, like, what are the things that get in the way that actually slow us down that tend to be like, I'm, you've worked with a lot of people now uh, and, you know, create a lot of content too. Like, what are the things that you've seen that are the things that are on the top of the list of like, that are, are just getting in our way? Essentially, it's about identifying distractions because I feel like distractions are ultimately what get in our way, right? Like, even if we have the best intentions to sit down and work on X, our phone notifications go off. We get email and our email's open. So we check our email and then we're in our inbox. Um, we hop on Facebook to like look at something real quick and suddenly we're in the feed for however long. Like for many of us, you know, we're working at home with families and, and we have kids who, you know, might be standing outside our door being like, let me in. <laughs> so there's an infinite number of distractions. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that gets us it's very hard to fully focus on one thing for extended period of time. And that's why I'm such a huge fan of time blocking and having like focus sessions where you can hold yourself accountable for start with 20 minutes. For the next 20 minutes, I will not get distracted. I will not open any other tabs on my browser. I will not have my phone on and by me. It's about identifying distractions and removing them to get to a space where we can actually get into this groove of like, okay, I'm going to hold myself accountable for the next 20 minutes to fully focus on this one thing. And then I'm going to evaluate like how I did. I'm going to evaluate like, did that go well? Um, what could I do better next time? Did my focus break? And if so, why? Um, so constantly identifying what's distracting you, being conscious of like, the fact that you aren't always being productive. Yeah. I eventually want to get into some of these ideas of like some systems and tools and things like that, that we could be using, uh, especially for personal brands or podcasters out there. Cause I know you've, you've done that through and through and through but before that what's in my mind right now is the idea of like priorities and getting clear on those, which I know you've, you're a big fan of. For me, there's a lot of things that I'm sure help the business, but it's hard to, to rank them on a scale of like, is this going to pay off now or in a year? And like figuring out, you know, what is the most important thing to do on that list of things? What's important now versus later? What should stay on the list versus come off? How do you help people figure out or how do you think people should be thinking about their priorities? Yeah. Well, can you give me a few examples of maybe some things that, and then we can kind of yeah. like go into it from that angle? Sure. I love a personal coaching session. That'd be perfect for me. <laughs> yeah. For me. So, uh, you know, I have a lot of the content creation time that, that, Mm -hmm. goes without saying. I have things that I've committed to that are like, these are the things I need to do to keep my show consistent. So that's on my list though, you know, like who knows what the revenue is from that, right? That's one mm -hmm. thing. Another is like, I'm building things for my business. So I'm in the middle of creating a digital course, my first. And, you know, for me, that's, it's an important construct because it's, it's an entry point into my world that I don't have right now. I just have high ticket things, which is farther and fewer between. So it's important for me to create this entry point, but that's like a large task that takes, you know, multiple sessions of me sitting down and doing work and changing the idea and for sure and writing recording. So I have 
content creation. I have building, you know, the next product. And then I have the in-between, which is, you know, like servicing current clients and following up with emails and trying to sell the things that I already have, like, you know, the in-between stuff. So, and then PR and like going on other people's shows. So I have like maybe those four or so buckets or more, but, you know, for the sake of the show. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, you mentioned commitments, like things that you are committed to doing. So I think right off the bat, and I'm going to generalize this using your example, but I want to speak to whoever's tuning in. We all have commitments. We've all said yes to a dinner this week, to helping out with you know, any number of things. Maybe you're responsible for taking care of your child, you know, on Mondays and Wednesdays or whatever. So you have any number of commitments. Your commitment example was your content, putting your podcast out, delivering what you promised your audience. So there are any number of commitments that we just mentioned that are personal, that are business related, yada, yada, yada. Looking at your commitments, I think it's so important to be real with yourself about whether you want that commitment. So I always refer to this as the premature yes. Like sometimes we have a lot of commitments on our calendar that we said yes to. And when the time comes, we're like, really wish I wouldn't have said yes to that. Like it's not a needle mover for me. It's honestly not really important to me. I don't want to do it. Any number of things, right? So I think first is like, doing a very like harsh clearing of our commitments. Once you are sure that all of your commitments in place are ones that you actually want to be committed to, then it's about going back to what we were saying before, time blocking, batching, so that you have a schedule so that your commitments are met. So that's kind of like that area of um, the things you mentioned. Then you mentioned that you have current clients and you have current products and services that you're trying to sell. People who are paying you money right now, to me, that supersedes new clients and bringing in new people. These are people who are already paying you money, who have already said, Brandon, please help me. I trust you. I know you. I like you. I'm willing to pay you money. Like to me, they should be a huge priority. If they are happy, they continue to come back. They talk to their friends and colleagues and other people about you. And that could be an awesome marketing channel for you to just have like rave reviews from the people who are who you're currently working with. As for like other products and services that you're trying to sell right now, I would do like a, a, a deep dive into what those products and services are, how they're converting right now. Like, do you have funnels set up? Are you making money on these things? Is the ROI where you want it to be? Because like if you're doing a group coaching program and there's three people in it and you want there to be 10, like you either need to really focus on how to get 10 people on there or maybe consider scrapping that so that you free up time for something that does bring you, you know, the ROI that you're looking for. So evaluating what you have on the table right now and saying like, it, it's, it seems like such a, a classic scenario when I talk to people that they have like seven different things that they're trying to sell. And I'm like, well, which of these is working? And they're like, well, none of them really. And I'm like, <laughs> why do you think that that's the case? It's because you're trying to sell seven things at the same time. Never, like I'll use our business as an example. Now we have, you know, multiple products and services to sell. Never once did we create any of them at the same time. Never. Every single offer, service, product, book that we've launched has been launched, has been tested, proven, created a system for so that it doesn't fully require us unless there's some component of our time involved in that. 
And only then do we even begin to consider what else we could create, build, offer. So that's kind of like the current client and product and service situation. The course that you mentioned, so I would be big time evaluating like what you're offering now and what this course is going to bring to the table. And I would get proof of concept before you do any of the work on this course. And perhaps you've already done that with your existing audience to make sure that like, you know, you could do an early bird sale into this course that you're creating letting everybody know, I have not created this course yet. This is the idea I have. I think you guys are going to love it. If you do love it, please be one of my founding members. I'm only taking 25 people. This is how much it's going to cost and get people to prove that concept to you with their wallet. Then you start implementing and building and creating. Again, you're fully open the entire time that like, this is not created yet. I'm working on it. Um, so that's what I would do with the course creation. And then what was the fourth, fourth thing? I think that was most, I think it was going like PR, like doing, going on oh, other PR. shows. Okay. Like yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be one of those things where I'd love for you to try and, um, get like a handle on, like, I don't know if you have a call to action that you always use on guest opportunities, or if you have any type of ROI that you can attribute, even if it's like. I connected with this person, we built an awesome relationship and now I get referrals from them. Like that's awesome ROI for showing up on someone's podcast for 30 minutes or an hour, right? right. Um, like now you've created this connection and you have referrals and, and all kinds of stuff like that. Or perhaps you've created an affiliate relationship with someone as a result of being on their podcast, or um, maybe you had a landing page for your coaching or for your new course that you're creating. And it was specific to that podcast interview. So, you know, that being on that podcast sent this many people, you know, into your world. So being able to track those types of things from your PR, like guest appearances would be an awesome way to evaluate like where that falls on, you know, what are your goals and where is this helping you in your goals? No, I love that. I, I mean, it's very real world. And I think it's like a personal coaching session. So I, I appreciate the analysis. I hope the audience got to hear uh, some of those ideas as well and, and rewind if, if any of those like, you know, if it was going too fast, but I think that it's helpful to hear that you can look at the things that are bringing you business and you can look at, if you don't know if they are, you can set some ways up to attribute and to try to draw a correlation. Because if you don't measure it, then it's hard to know you know, should I be ratcheting this up or turning it down? So I, I appreciate that for sure. As we're coming towards the, the back end of the show here, I want to kind of get into some of the things that we could use to our, you know, advantage to be better at this other than the philosophies of mindsets, to, to, you know, and those things I've, I've called them, like, I like to bucket them and my buckets are like, I call them rules, tools, and pools. Like we have the rules that we need to follow the steps we have the tools we use that help us be more efficient. And then pools of like pools of talent, like we have people and we have outsourcing and that kind of stuff. I love that. And I think that each of those is like its own book, right? Yeah. Um, but if you had to, to say uh, for someone who's getting started and looking to be more productive, where, what's a good focus? I'm sure it's all of them, but like, where do you prioritize? Is it your systems? Is it like finding where the tools fit? Is it people? Like, how do you help people get more efficient? Very baseline. I think what is absolutely 100% no like questions to ask is a task management system any way you want to cut it. You could use sticky notes. You could use something like Asana, which I love. And I use Asana, Trello, Basecamp, 
There's any number of like task and project management tools. And I think that at a baseline for you to even consider like whether to start creating systems or to bring on team members, but what's critical to get a handle on which one of those things you should be doing or what you need is to understand your tasks. What do you have on your plate to do right now? Like actually an awesome example is like you um, described four categories that make up a majority of what you're spending your time on in your business. But within each of those things are probably you know, up to like maybe 50 tasks that go into like PR, research, outreach, follow-up, booking, um, promoting, you know, so being able to break those out and then also be able to have a space to brain dump as entrepreneurs, as brand creators, like all of this stuff, we're constantly coming up with ideas and we might think like, Ooh, that sounds awesome. Brain dump it put it on a list. You won't forget it. You get it out of your mind to free up space to focus on what you should be doing right now. And you'll always have that list to go to. So bottom line, everybody should be using a task management tool to show themselves exactly what's on the lineup for today. That's my first task every single day. I go into Asana, I sort by due date, and I don't have to guess at what I'm responsible for today. It's all in there waiting for me. I don't have to think about it. I'm not wasting bandwidth not wasting time being like, what should I work on today? Like, because I have every single one of my tasks in there, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. So I mean, that would be number one. And then going back to like the inventory um, exercise that we talked about earlier, you know, that sheet of paper where you're uh, documenting what you do in a given week, that's also an insanely helpful exercise. Um, It's actually the very first step that I give people when you're creating a system for something in your business. Because in order to create a system, you have to understand what you can create a system out of. I mean, some systems that would be awesome just based on what we've been talking about here today is like a podcast production system. Like what happens from start to finish for you to produce an episode? Every single step should be outlined. I do finding the efficiencies within every single step that you're doing. Um, So if we were to take podcast production as a system and write out every single step that happens, then the third step in that process would be to automate, delegate, or batch. So you automate things using online tools, systems, you delegate to team members, and you batch anything that requires you. So like recording the podcast, you're doing that. So you're going to batch it editing, post-production, uploading. Maybe you're doing that too, which could certainly be batched or you could be delegating that. Automation would be things like setting up your social media and your promotions and stuff and online scheduling tools so that that's happening automatically. So setting up systems, absolutely. Once you have all your tasks laid out and you find repetition, like lowest hanging fruit for a system would be something that you're doing daily or weekly because that's probably taking up a ton of your time, something that you do every single day or something that you do weekly. Podcast production, email management, social media management, like all of these, these would be great systems for you to have. And then what was the other... Like talent, like when to outsource. Yeah, okay, when to outsource. Um, So also going back to that inventory... Actually, Travis said this on a call that I was on with him today, and I thought it was fantastic because I've, I've never described it quite in this way, but it was great. 
Once you have your inventory list, you take a green highlighter, a yellow highlighter, and a red highlighter. You green highlight everything on your list that you love doing and that you're really good at. You red highlight anything that you do not like doing and you are not good at. And then pretty much everything else gets the yellow highlighter. Essentially, like maybe stuff you like to do, but you're not best at, or maybe you're kind of good at it, but you don't like doing it. This will help you easily identify like anything in green, you should be batching in some way, shape or form. Anything in red, you should probably be delegating. And that's not only helpful in identifying like what tasks you would delegate, but that's going to help you start to come up with some type of job description for like what this person that you're potentially looking to hire is going to be responsible for, what skills they need, um, and so on. So I mean, that inventory sheet, you can see how key it is. We've used it in almost every single thing that we've talked about today. It's so beneficial in so many different ways um, when you're looking at time management systems, hiring team, et cetera. Yeah, I, I think that's perfect. Yeah, I think we've made it fun, right? If I can get to use a highlighter and start to highlight the things that I don't want to do, it's like, that yes. seems fun to me as opposed to like logging my, my hours for the day knowing that there's that a that reward that I can be like I may not have to do this if I can like isolate the things I don't want to do and find a better way to do it or templatize the things that I need to do all the time like I'm starting to see the rewards I'm starting to see the time savings there so I appreciate those tips and also that like now that I if I can free up that time I now have that freedom that we were talking about that I can pour other things into it, that I'm not going to be distracted on my phone for the three hours I get between kids getting home and kids going to bed because I'm still either doing work physically or thinking about things that I should be doing that I didn't get to because my list didn't get fully checked off for the day. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. And and again, if there's any parting words, because I want to, you know, I think that's a great place for us to wrap up today. I'd love to hear it. And But just first off, thank you for, for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been, I've really enjoyed our chat a lot. I love talking about this kind of stuff, if you can't tell. <laughs> I guess going on that, like one more thing I'll say that I think is critical. You talked about like the last thing part of our conversation was if you weren't able to check off everything on your list. And um, I think reprioritization is such a massive like win when you can really focus on like what usually happens is when we are not able to check everything off on our list, we automatically just push it to the next day. And when you do that, you are literally shooting yourself in the foot before your next day even starts. You have just doubled your task list or you've just put a bunch of stuff that you didn't want to do that you probably pushed to the back burner and that's why it's like didn't get done. Whatever the case may be, you ran out of time. I highly encourage you at the end of every day, I call this my evening sweep. And part of that is looking at the things that I wasn't able to accomplish that day that I said I would and reprioritizing them. They might not just get pushed to tomorrow if they are not a priority. They might get pushed to next week. They might go on the back burner. I might cross them off completely depending on what happened during my day. So reprioritizing those tasks that you didn't get done, please don't just push them to tomorrow because then you're just like, even if it's subconscious, you're already like, Ugh, I just had a, now tomorrow's going to be like, I don't even want to think about it, you know? So reprioritize. <laughs> yeah. We want to look forward to our days. We don't have to, we don't want to dread them. So, and then that's, if you already had a long list for tomorrow, now you you've guaranteed that that list is going to go undone too. 
Right, right. And it's a repetitive, ongoing snowball. Yeah, let's not torture <laughs> ourselves every day. I mean, we've done, we've gone into this to enjoy the lives that we're creating for ourselves. Well, Kate, as always, it's a pleasure. I think the, that you get, you've provided so much value to the audience today. I hope they go back and rewind and listen to things over and over and over again and start to implement and hopefully are motivated that this is going to help them in their business. So I, I appreciate you. Check out Ditch Busy, the podcast. You can go to ditchbusy.com to find the links to that and, or also check the show notes. We'll link them there and get more tips on how to, how to use your time more wisely in your business. Thanks for your time and we'll catch you guys all next week. Bye. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to help you build a brand that matters. Head over to brandsonbrands.com for resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit brandsonbrands.com.